Thank you so much, Sarah and Omar, who's helping today, and Patrice and my wife, Janet. Again, the tech went like this, and we lost the stream. Do we have people on who are watching? Yes? Okay, so that tells me the stream is good, the cam is good, great. Thank you so much for putting up with all of the problems here. We are literally using my phone as a hotspot, so it's a BlackBerry, all right? So that's a joke, but it is true. It is it is a BlackBerry. Uh, with BlackBerry, you can get five, uh, five, what do you call, megahertz or gigahertz or whatever instead of 2.4, which usually works in here, but it's a movie theater, so anything can happen. Thank you so much for tuning in with us and stay with us, please. Uh, we're going to have a very meaningful time together, so thank you for putting up with all of the glitches. I think I know every single person in this room by name. You know why? Because you all pre-registered. Haha, <laughs> so I have your name. I have your contact information. I have everything. I know all about you. That's also a joke here. Let me see if I can pull everything up and see if everything's working. It's working. Praise the Lord. You know, there's so many wireless signals and stuff going on in here, all right? Let me give you a few announcements. Again, this will help the folks at home just to get oriented. Again, thank you so much for putting up with the technology today. There's a great discipleship group that we have formed here, uh, and some of the people who we're serving today are in it, and uh, it, it's, right now it's a private Facebook group because it's hard to get together, but I really challenge these people and uh, give them things to do and give them homework and ask them their views on things and ask them to pray for one another and ask them to apply uh, things that they learn on Sundays to their lives and ask them to share their faith with others and see how it goes and all of these things. So if you want to be a part of this group, it is a private Facebook group that you can join. Uh, just go to our Facebook page and click the more button and find the group there, okay? And uh, that's we're having a lot of fun with that group. Wednesday nights, we have a video Bible study uh, from the, this material called That the World May Know. This is outstanding, uh, shot on location in the Middle East and Israel and Jerusalem and Asia Minor, or as it was called back then. And uh, we've been having a really good time over the last, wow, I think about 10 weeks I've been with this group. And we're going to start a new series on Wednesday night on the early church. Uh, some of the content in the book of Revelation will be covered, but I guarantee you it will be covered in a way that you probably have never heard it before. And if you want to uh, join in, just go to our website homepage, click the link there, and I will send you the Zoom link. It's only one hour on uh, Wednesday nights, and uh, the content is top, top, top notch. You'll really enjoy it, trying to make the Bible, um, uh, understand the Bible in context, and that's uh, really helpful with that content. Uh, tomorrow night, I'll be back on at 7 p.m. Uh, with our live Q&A, and the lead question is going to be, what happens when you die? What happens when you die? And uh, it's going to fit a little bit in the message today. Uh, again, thank you for coming out, those of you who are here in person. Uh, the next time we will be here is going to be the 2nd of May. So once again, you'll have to pre-register. Once again, I'll send you information that you'll receive on your smartphone or your email inbox, and so you know the drill. And so we're going to keep trying to get a groove here going with, with a hybrid model. We'll be online for everybody who's online as well, okay? But next in-person gathering here is going to be May the 2nd. Parents with uh, kids up to elementary school, we gave out some really good content on Easter Sunday. Uh, these, uh, uh, it's really a deck of cards. Um, that is put together by our own people here in the District of Quebec. 
And those cards each have a Bible character on them, and you can go to the website, Making the Bible Come Alive, and help your kids to grow even in a pandemic. At the end of the day, it's you as parents who are the ones who are going to build godly convictions in your children. It's not the church. The church will do a little, little, little bit, maybe inspire your kids a little, little bit, but you could do a whole lot more than the church can do. So uh, it's amazing content. You don't even need the cards. Just go to the website, makingthebiblecomealive.com. If you do want the cards, I have a few decks left, so to speak. I can't believe we're giving out decks of cards in church meeting in a movie theater. 30 years ago, what I just said would be taboo, okay? But anyway, if you want those cards, let me know. And uh, for the whole family, parents, kids, uh, the chosen uh, streaming TV, if you're looking for good content, again, while you're stuck at home, uh, now there's season two, I think three episodes into season two. I'm challenging this church to watch it. I'm challenging you to share it with non-Christian friends. I'm doing so myself, uh, where I work a couple of days a week. Over at a large food bank, I'm sharing it with non-Christian friends and saying, I really want your opinion on this. I really want you to tell me what you think of this series uh, because it is so well done and makes such easy talking points uh, about Christianity with your friends, okay? Pray for our missionaries, Don and Marie-José Mann. It's Don Mann's birthday today. And some of you know Don uh, well. I know him very well, having worked for him for eight years, but it is his birthday today. So uh, pray for the mans. Again, uh, you know, what they can do now is develop the leadership content that they will be taking around the world, but they can't move much right now. But pray for them. Uh, uh, Michelle and Louise Charbonneau, who are in uh, Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Um, and it's easy to, to follow them. You can track with them on their, uh, their website and uh, Facebook, and EJ Tupé in Toronto, where they are struggling in Ontario. This wire, I know it looks funny, but I'm trying to make it. Um, They are struggling so much in Ontario with 4,500 cases a day, I think, now. And so he is really working hard, again, with people in the inner city. He has a prison ministry. He has an online service that he runs with pretty well all non-Christian people that he runs on Sundays and just doing many, many different things deep in the urban part of Toronto. So pray for our our workers there as well. And uh, you can give online or you can give today. We've got the little machine uh, right at that table and some envelopes there. So your generosity always appreciated. You help us run. So today is part two of this series that we started losing my religion. Uh, If you remember the song, how many of you remember the old song from R.E.M.? You're dating yourselves. Okay. How many of you have no idea what I'm talking about when I say R.E.M., losing my religion? Okay, so about half of you. That's interesting. So really famous song in the 1990s. They still play it today. And uh, I mentioned it as a title because this is popular now. There is a movement of deconstructionism where Christians are saying goodbye to a traditional historic understanding of the Christian faith and saying so long to it. They've had all these unanswered questions. They're more sophisticated, and they're just saying goodbye. And there's a lot of notable people in media, culture, sports, television, music, pulpits, who have essentially said, I'm losing my faith, or lost it already, authors, Um, And so I wanted to pick up on that and look into a book in the Bible that discusses this, but in a different way. 
Uh, and it's the book of Hebrews in the Bible's New Testament. And this is a uh, curious letter with no mentioned author. We don't know who wrote it. My suspicion is Paul wrote it, but doesn't say. But he's writing to a group of uh, Jewish believers, hence the title Hebrews. And in a sense, these people were facing the same thing, but in a different way. Because they are coming from a background of Judaism. They embrace Jesus and basically follow Jesus as their Lord, their Messiah. And this causes all kinds of problems uh, because they're viewed a certain way. Even back then in the first century, you had people who said, well, Jesus isn't the Messiah. You certainly had a large segment of Judaism that said he's not the Messiah. He's a deceiver is the term that they used for him. And so these, this movement is growing. And here you have a group of Jewish people who are going to be warned by Paul. They're going to be, or the writer, they're going to be encouraged. They're going to be challenged because they're at the place where covenant is now old. What they understood as the way of salvation is now secondary. It it leads to something and, and someone, and the someone is Christ. And so all is found in Christ. And so the, the following of the hundreds of laws that you need to follow in order to, to be saved, this is insufficient. This is secondary. This is not enough. You need to follow Jesus. And so all of what they understood changed. In a sense, they're losing their religion, their effort to get to God by their works is insufficient. They have to have faith in the work of Christ and what he did on the cross for them. So in a sense, they're losing their religion. Uh, but I want to use that to walk through the book of Hebrews. And last week we talked about first chapter of the book of Hebrews, which really tries to show us who Jesus is in terms of his deity in terms of him being God in the flesh. The argument after argument, you know, passage after passage quoted from the Old Testament, he's better than an angel. Uh, even an angel is, is secondary to Jesus, you know, and he's quoting all of these passages that refer to Jesus clearly as creator, sustainer, savior, God, eternal, all of these these terms, he's trying to help them understand who their belief is rooted in because he's about to warn them. So in chapter 2, he says it this way, we must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard. In other words, understanding who Jesus is as God, you now need to understand why you have to be careful, so that you do not drift away, he says. For if the message spoken by angels, back to the angels again, was binding, and every violation, this is in the past, uh, and disobedience received its just punishment, its consequences, again speaking of the past, how shall we escape, he says, if we ignore such a great salvation? So he's, he's trying to warn them in their terms, don't drift away, don't deconstruct, don't lose your faith. Your religion is one thing, but this faith in Christ, 
Do not lose it. Do not drift away. This salvation which was first announced by the Lord was confirmed to us by those who heard him. And God also testified to it by signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Spirit distributed according to his will. Probably referring to much of what took place in the book of Acts. And then he continues his discussion and he says, It's not to angels that he has subjected the world to come. Uh, to, uh, about who we're speaking, but there is a place where someone has testified, and he goes back to the Psalms, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the angels and crowned him with glory and honor and put everything under his feet. Now, I have to tell you, this is tough part of the passage because I'm not sure who he's talking about. I'm not sure if he's talking about Jesus. I'm not sure if he's talking about humanity, but he continues nonetheless, in putting everything under him, God left nothing that is not subject to him. I know you're confused. Just stay with me for a second. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to him, but we see Jesus who is made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. And this is where he gets into really what he's trying to teach them in this, in this chapter, in this passage. Not only is Jesus God, Jesus is human. He's human. He's fully human. He's not Clark Kent. Okay, sometimes we picture Jesus like, like a spiritual Clark Kent. When I say Clark Kent, you know what that means. The comic book character starts with S. Superman, right. I heard you online. You said it. So we, he's not Superman in the sense that it's God disguised as Jesus. That's not the incarnation. The, the, the pagan incarnations are like that. The incarnation is Jesus is fully human. He's crying his eyes out in the manger. He's got diapers to change. He gets hungry. He gets frustrated. He gets angry. Yes, Jesus gets angry in the Gospels. Read them closely. He does get angry. He gets sad. He gets discouraged. Is that a sin to say? He's human, fully human. If there's one thing you, you get out of the message today, it's that Jesus is fully human. I find people of faith have a lot of difficulty with this. They, they will say Jesus is God. They've got that down pat. And, they, you know, that's the thing, right? But, he's, but they lose, we lose sight of the humanity of Jesus and he becomes sort of this Clark Kentish kind of figure where we don't relate to him as a person. And, and when we do, it, it is so encouraging. It changes the way that you go through life. That's why I title this today, Our Brother for Life. It's easy for us to think of Jesus as our God. Uh, you think of him as your brother? You, he, he thinks of you that way. You're, you are his brother or sister. That's the way he thinks of you. That's what this passage is about to say, all right? Uh, let, let me read a little bit more before we, we apply it. 
Um, in bringing many sons to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, that's language that he used about Jesus in the first chapter, should make the author of their salvation perfect through suffering. Suffering. Have you ever suffered before? Perfect through suffering. Both the one who makes men holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So you and I are being made holy. And the one who makes us holy is Jesus. We have a fancy term for that. We call that sanctification. We are of the same family. There is a relationship that's, that's talked about there. That's a, that's a word that implies that. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers or sisters as the case may be. He says, and quote from the Old Testament, I will declare your name to my brothers in the presence of the congregation. I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, here am I and the children God has given to me. Relationship, family. We're of the same family. That's, that's, that's pretty interesting if you believe it. That you're of the same family as Jesus because of that relationship that you have. I mean, wow. Since the children have flesh and blood. Watch this, okay? This is the end of the chapter. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity. Jesus is fully human. He shared in their humanity so that by his death. Have you ever been to a funeral before. He might destroy him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. You ever been afraid of dying? Do you know people who are afraid of dying? This is, this is so powerful. For surely it is not angels he helps. But Abraham's descendants, for this reason, he had to be made like his brothers in every way. He is fully human in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest. The priest represented the people before God, went to God on behalf of the people. Implication, the priest was human. He became, Jesus is a high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people because he himself suffered when he was tempted. Wow. So Jesus as a human suffered. Jesus as a human was tempted. Jesus as a human died. He experienced the full gamut of life. He is able to help those who are being tempted. If you get one thing today, it's that Jesus was human. He suffered. He sanctifies. He makes us holy. We're of the same family as him. He shared in our humanity fully 
fully shared in it. He is our high priest. He was tempted. Hebrews 4 will say he was tempted in every way and yet did not sin. Did you ever think when you were being tempted that Jesus was also tempted? You ever wonder, wow, how would Jesus handle this temptation? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you think about that and, uh, and talk about that uh, for a few minutes. And I think this is a perfect size group to do this in. And at home, uh, you could do this as well. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get you to talk to each other. Is that okay? <laughs> you, know, you know what people want in a pandemic? Talk to somebody. Just to sit down and have a conversation. After, after Easter, I stood in the parking lot. My wife and I stood in the parking lot with a, with a family in this church. We talked for an hour and a half. Just stood there in the parking lot and talked. <laughs> because we, you just want to stand up and have a conversation. So what I want to do to help you understand this, and then we're going to finish, and we're going to finish with a special uh, uh, moment of prayer that we're going to have for family in our church. Um, but I'd like to get you to get a little closer together. Now, you keep your masks on. I know you, I know you talk to one another, okay? Keep your masks on. You keep your two-meter distance. You can, you can be a little loud if you want to. But what I'd like is to just get, get you talking to somebody else who is not a member of your immediate family. And so if you have to move a little closer, you move a little bit closer. If you have to just turn around in your seat, turn around in your seat. But somebody who's not your immediate family, okay, no one's moving, no one's talking, okay? This was the nightmare that I had last night, okay? So just a little bit closer, all right? Again, you can do this with two meters. You can do this with your mask on, but just a little bit closer, to one another. I don't want anybody alone, isolated by themselves, who nobody is talking to. There are new people in our church, there are new families in our church. Introduce yourselves. And I just want you to deal with one question, if you can. If you just have small talk, that's okay too. But I just want you to deal with one question. You see, you're already talking because you're starving for conversation. That's why. So one question I want to ask. Have you ever been tempted? And will you share that experience with whoever you're talking to? It can be a little small little temptation or it can be a big temptation. Have you ever been tempted before? I'll put some music on. And we'll take just a few minutes to do this at home. You can participate as well. Just put a comment in the comment section. Have you ever been tempted? What was it like? What were you tempted to do? You can be as honest as you want to be. You can be as private as you want to be. But I'd like to have you share with one another. Is that fair? Okay, I'll just put a little bit of music on just for a few minutes and we'll come back. Ah, I knew we would get it to work. So uh, I want to share with you just a little bit, and hopefully Maria and Remy and Emilio are watching the stream. We have all kinds of issues with it today. Uh, but uh, you guys can go ahead and play softly in the background. But I want to, to uh, get you, you all to pray for this family. And a beautiful family. Some of you would recognize uh, certainly Maria. Remy, he's a firefighter, so he comes, comes on occasion. And... Um, beautiful family in our church, and this past week was just, 
just terrible for them. Just a terrible, terrible tragedy. She was nine months pregnant, and just days before delivery, she lost her baby. Very, very difficult situation uh, for this family, and just walking with them through it uh, over the couple of days. And, and it, th this is a super traumatic moment because you carry a child to term, and then you lose them right at the end. Little boy by the name of Raphael. And so uh, I, I assured her that we would, we would be praying for her and for her family because we share, right? We share life. And uh, Jesus, Jesus knows pain. He knows suffering. He knows humanity. I mean, when Jesus was born, there were people trying to take his life. When he's an infant, they're trying to take his life. When he's an adult, they take his life. He's, he's familiar. When Isaiah says he's familiar with suffering, he is. And so I want to take a moment and pray for, uh, for uh, Maria and Remy and Emilio as they walk through the next few days. Uh, there'll probably be some type of memorial service for, for this little baby who I believe has gone to be with the Lord. And um, so it's, but it's still really, really rough, really dark valley. You ever been through a dark valley before? I mean, there's a, there's a man on our stage who lost his wife at 29 years of age to cancer. Uh, you ever been through a dark valley before? Many of you have. Uh, but thank God Jesus shares in our humanity, yes? Thank God he shares. He knows what it's like to be tempted. He knows what it's like to hurt. He knows what it's like to suffer. He knows what it's like to be betrayed. He knows what it's like to lose. You know, there's a place in the scripture where most of the people fall away from Jesus. And they walk away from him. His teaching is too tough. And they leave. He knows what it's like to lose. So I, I think it's appropriate if we would stand together and uh, Maria and Remy and Emilio, our hearts are with you. There's about 30 people in here uh, today in this room, and our hearts are with you, and we're praying for you. Uh, but maybe you've got a need also, and uh, something's hurting you. It's hurting in your life. You're suffering with something. You're being tempted by something. You're, your humanity is, is right there, right in front of you. Uh, maybe you want to lift your hands as a, as a gesture of saying, God, I just, I just lift that thing to you. You don't have to say what it is. I'm not going to, you know, make you do that or call you to the front or anything like that. Just maybe you've got something. You say, I just want to lift it to the Lord this morning. Father, we come to you and we thank you for the, the blood of Jesus. We thank you for your son who you gave to this world. God and man at the same time who went to that cross for our sin, who shares in our humanity, who knows our pain, who knows our temptation. And Lord, we pray for Maria and Remy and Emilio in the name of Jesus, you would pour strength into that family. You would pour out your spirit in their, in their home, in their hearts, that they would sense you walking with them through this valley. And Lord, we lift up our own stuff to you. 
whatever it is, God, our own discouragement, our own isolation, our own depression, our own loss and grief of many different kinds. Uh, Lord, we haven't even stopped some of us to think about what we've lost over the last year. We've just been running so fast, adjusting. Uh, Lord, we just lift our hearts to you and we praise you, our faithful high priest. We praise you and we worship you, O oh God, for you are our you are our beginning and our end. Lord, um, uh, our lives are in your hands. So we hold on to you, God, and we continue to walk with you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.